This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Eldorado Gaming. Eldorado Gaming is your site for gifts and gaming accessories like dice, playmats, and other items to bling out your games. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Eldorado Gaming, or our home site at eldoradogaming.com. Here at My Mythical Meta, we talk about gaming with friends and strangers, resolving conflicts, and keeping game nights fun, interesting, and recurring. Our game of choice is Magic the Gathering, but our hope is that what we share is relevant for board game players, RPG groups, and maybe even your poker night. I'm Travis. With my friends Derek, Randy, and Benjamin, we've been playing Magic together since 2014, and every game day is fresh and exciting. We've got families, we've got jobs, but with the power of friendship, our games go on. Subscribe to My Mythical Meta, presented by Eldorado Gaming, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to My Mythical Meta. My name is Travis. I'm joined by Benjamin. Hello. Derek. Hey. And Randy. Hey, yo. The full crew is here today. The full crew is here. We're ready. And it's important that we're all here because today we're going to introduce ourselves. You've listened to two episodes so far of four knuckleheads just giving advice about making friends. But I promise you, we are qualified experts. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Derek? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Give me some more of that confidence. I ain't gonna harumph out of that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a harumph. We are absolutely qualified to give advice. We've got teachers, we've got gamers, we've got IT professionals, and whatever Derek does for a living. All of us are here to give great advice because we are great friends. Not only have some of us studied this actual material in school, but we're great friends who have experienced a healthy playgroup for many, many years. And it is our hope in this podcast that people can have their own great experiences by listening to the things that we have to say. So we're going to be explaining in this episode what My Mythical Meta is all about. Why do we have a show and where does it all come from? Our title, My Mythical Meta, comes from the word meta, which is short for metagame or metagaming. If something is meta then that means you're looking at it beyond its original level. A metagame goes beyond the game itself, goes beyond the basic rules and the mechanics of the game. If you're talking about the metagame, then you're not just talking about the game itself. You're talking about the strategies, the styles, and even more, you're talking about the other players. You're looking at what type of community is being formed around the game as a whole. As games adjust... People will often say that the meta is adjusting. There are a lot of games that do this. Games like League of Legends, Smash Brothers. Right, Magic the Gathering, of course. Magic the Gathering. Call of Duty. I mean, like every game that exists, I think. Every game that exists goes through changes, especially games that exist for a long time and games that are constantly being updated. They're going to go through changes, and people will say that the meta is changing. Whenever they rebalance a character or they rebalance a strategy or make new 
characters that are designed to counter old ones, those are all meta shifts. Yeah, and actually it even happens in games that don't always change, but just new things are discovered. So for example, I have a friend who plays who plays Victory in the Pacific, which is a very old game. He's world ranked very highly, and he talks about certain strategies that people often do. And just this past weekend was telling me about some friends of his, or, or a guy that he knows who learned the game in Europe. And then during COVID, when the game started being played online, he started playing in American tournaments and had a completely different strategy than what the American players did because the strategies that worked and the, the counter strategies and the play styles are so different that he ended up running through the Americans because of this, this kind of rock, paper, scissors thing where what he learned and the way he played was different, following the same set of rules, but different strategies would work in different places because of the players involved. And I remember the same thing happening back when I was playing X-Wing, that the TIE Swarm would dominate for one period of time, and then your aces would dominate for a little bit, and then there would be another meta where it was all about alpha strikes with missiles and blowing apart a person's entire squad in one turn. So as games shift, we call that a meta. The meta is often... Uh, taken to a higher level uh, even than that, can also talk about social strategies that different groups use for creating a fun or inclusive or engaging gaming session. When we talk about this being our meta, we mean the group of people that we play with regularly, right? It's how do we balance cooperation and competition? What is Randy's particular play style and how do we adjust to that? What is my play style and how do y'all adjust? Many people will say, in my meta, this is how we treat it. And, and that could be referring to strategies, that could be referring to conflict, it could be referring to bringing someone new over for game night. And your meta is the group of people that you play with regularly, and then meta gaming is adjusting to those strategies. So you have the narrow version of meta, which just means the game surrounding the game, and then you have the broader version of meta that means the people and relationship and dynamics of the games you're playing outside even strategies. It's, it goes beyond that. Right, the social atmosphere in which you play and the other people that you're playing with. Yeah. So that's where our title comes from, my mythical meta. To me, my playgroup, these other three guys here, it's something that is fun every time. I never have to worry that my meta is going to do something that turns me off, or makes the game hard to play. I know that I'm in for a good time every time we come together. And that's what I want to share, or that's what we want to share in creating a podcast together. We know from being active members of online communities that not everyone has a great playgroup. There are people on Magic forums and subreddits and Facebook groups who are describing social problems that they have every day, where the game they're playing is not fun because of the other people. And that's what we want to hopefully play some part in fixing. As part of the broader gaming community, we've seen people having poor gaming experiences, and sometimes it's the other people that they're playing with, but sometimes it's themselves. Sometimes it's ourself whenever we play with strangers. Sometimes it's our own character flaw. But we yeah. believe that we have a healthy, enjoyable meta, and we want to share those experiences. So, allow me now to introduce formally each member of the My Mythical Meta 
team. We're going to start off with Benjamin. Benjamin, take it away. Tell us about yourself and tell us what makes you qualified, your background, the games you play, the other hobbies you enjoy. Give, Give us the Polaroid snapshot of Benjamin. Sure. So... I'm Benjamin. Uh, most people call me Ben. I am married. I have three kids. I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a one-year-old, but that keeps me very busy. I have two jobs. I have my day job as a high school teacher. I teach electives concerning business and law. And then my side hustle is as a lawyer. Actually, I was a lawyer first before I became a teacher, and I still have a lot of clients and keep going with that, but it does take a back seat to my teaching job. But those two jobs do give me an interesting perspective when it comes to gaming. As you probably heard in the first episode, my gaming experience has gone back quite a ways to when I was a a little kid playing with my family. And over time, I've been involved in pretty much every board game that every family grows up with. Your Risk, Monopoly, Trouble, Sorry, those sorts of things. And then a lot of interesting games that a lot of people haven't heard of. So a lot of people take that gateway drug, I mean game, into Catan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right, Settlers of Catan. Yeah, to me, that's one of the easiest game in in my library that's not for kids. Yeah. And I have a, a whole bookshelf, several bookshelves full of games. But my main game, as we've mentioned, is Magic the Gathering. I do have a whole bookshelf devoted just to Magic. And because they keep coming out with new material and the meta keeps shifting, that one keeps me very engaged. Some of the other hobbies that I participate in, I do fantasy baseball a lot. Building a baseball team, to me, is a lot like building a deck. And trading players is a lot like trading cards. And, and and you can actually make real money from that. That's true. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I happen to be fairly good. I don't win every year, but I win enough that it keeps going, right? Don't you uh, fund your magic hobby by playing fantasy baseball? Basically, yes. <laughs> so six months out of the year, I'm focused on baseball and magic kind of takes a back seat. And then collect my winnings and buy a bunch of magic stuff and the cycle continues. How many winnings are we talking about? Because I'll get into baseball. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the there are. This is the same leagues. person who said nobody's listening as soon as Benjamin mentioned the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> right? I can, said, I can. I can learn. If people are paying. I'll learn. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's a buy-in, right? But the idea, you know, our our league probably the the total prize pool is probably about seven thousand dollars a uh, year, and then we sp- you split it among the top five. Okay. Uh, okay. So, okay. yeah, it's Derek, not. Derek it's, said, "Win stream." Bought the man. weaponized my ADHD. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'll get, I'll get you in here. We'll talk afterwards. Okay. We'll talk afterwards. But because, uh, because we're looking for new owners. Yeah. I was, I was gonna say Derek's gonna bring in uh, a curveball to your, you know. Yeah, that, but that's a right. curveball, and he's gonna change the meta of your. That's right. Baseball. Thank you for that. That's that's a great example here. The All Star Game was a couple weeks ago. The baseball MLB All Star Game. Every All Star Game, we have a mid season meeting. We get together at a local bar and grill, and we we eat and we watch the game on TV and we talk trades and all that. And different people, while we were there, we're talking about the various leagues that they're in and how people are different, how people trade different, how people draft different, and all of the different rule sets that different people follow. We're all playing the same game. We're all playing fantasy baseball, but every group does it differently, and you have to adjust your strategy based on which group you're in. This is a, that's a perfect example. Like We are going to focus a whole lot on fantasy-based games, magic, D&D, things like that but this really the stuff we're talking about really does apply 
to any group you're in that's following some sort of a rule set competitively, right? Benjamin, it, I had no idea you were such a jock. <laughs> you know, I play, <laughs> I played baseball. I, ha- I have a baseball trophy on my shelf over here. Okay, when you were like nine. Right, well, you know, you don't have to live it in the glory days. You're going to edit that out, right? (laughs) Nope, nope, that's staying (laughs) in. The same thing, yeah, I used to play football in middle school. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that's that's me, attorney, teacher, father, husband, avid gamer. My brain doesn't stop. If I'm not thinking about one game, I'm thinking about another. You know, for a while I was playing Gundam Battle on on the phone, and I was a big part of, of... that meta and and seeing what what things were happening in the arena. Oh my god! When Benjamin was playing, what did they call that? Gundam Breaker. When Benjamin yeah, Gundam was Breaker Gundam Mobile. Breaker Mobile guys, he would he would be number one in the world at some at some points in time. Yeah, I think it happened three times where I was number one in the world. I have screenshots. Like that's the next episode. I'm going to mention min maxing, and that's just what I do. <laughs> I I can't help it. And in fantasy baseball, it helps me make money. In all these other games, it helps me spend money. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened in Gundam Breaker for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me. Anything else that we need to talk about? Who wants to go next? Randy. 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 Oh, thank you so much Randy. for volunteering me. Randy. So, yeah, my name is Randy. No kids, not married, but in a relationship with my girlfriend for two years. I guess in terms of, like, main games that I play outside of Magic with with these guys. I did Apex for a little bit, but my team fell apart due to uh, two of the guys had an in-real-life fight, and so I don't really don't play Apex anymore. But talk about a game that had ever-evolving metas of characters, new maps, constant changes in the, the gameplay. There were definitely, this character's better than that one, just hands down, so you wouldn't see certain characters ever get played. So yeah, Hobbies is, is mainly the magic. I, I run a couple of D&D games with some friends, including Derek and Travis, and then some uh, work friends as well. What's your degree in, Randy? Broadcast production. Oh. So, yeah, but I do IT. I'm, I'm the IT pro. I got into video games because I was a kid of the 90s. You gotta start with the Sega and move on up. I'll go next. My name is Travis, and I have a wife and daughter. Uh, my wife is one of the infamous Kristens that you've probably heard about at this point. Mine's Kristen with an E, and I have a daughter. Her name is Marin. She'll be two in October. And I got into gaming because I had a family of gamers. We talked about that in episodes one and two. Me and Benjamin got into gaming and just kind of gamifying our lives and our family because our parents were gamers. They were always playing games like pool or board games or boggle or darts or ping pong or foosball. And it was just always, hey, we have 30 minutes before bedtime. Let's play a game of foosball. I remember one time, I don't remember if you brought it home, Benjamin, or maybe even dad did, but it was a Tetris game that you would plug into the TV Oh, yeah. It was always a, hey, we got 10 minutes before the bus is going to come. Do y'all want to squeeze in a game of Tetris? So we were just a gaming family all the time. And so part of the way I view the world is, hey, I have a free hour. I could play a game. What game do I want to play? Whenever I'm with these guys, that's obviously Magic the Gathering. That's the game that occupies most of my 
time and money. When I'm by myself, I enjoy video games. I really like character-driven games, so Dragon Age, Cyberpunk, Divinity, Original Sin, and there have been many more throughout my life too, but those are just some that pop out right now. Some of my other hobbies, I do enjoy building Gunpla. I went through a phase, my COVID time was me diving really deep into Gundam. I was playing Gundam Breaker uh, like Benjamin was. That's yet another game that I showed him and then he got really good at. <laughs> <laughs> I was re-watching all of the original Gundam series and all of the Gundam series that I had missed out. So original Mobile Suit Gundam. That's when I watched uh, Gundam Seed. I made my wife watch Gundam Wing, which was the series that was on Cartoon Network in the late 90s, early 2000s, so that was the, f the series that originally got me into it. So anyway, I do build Gunpla now, and I do enjoy playing board games also. Our crew, you know, me, Derek, Randy, and our wives and girlfriends back before we were married, we did board games for a long time with things like Carcassonne, Agricola, or King of Tokyo. Just lots of board games that last an hour or last two hours. It seems like we're out of that phase right now. We've been doing a lot of escape rooms lately and escape room board games. I think it's cool that they've started gamifying puzzle solving, which is a lot of fun for our group too. But now we are a D&D group, and so that game occupies a lot of our time as well. I think there's a part of my brain that really enjoys collecting, and so when I was young, that was Pokemon and Pokemon cards. Now that I'm older, I of course scratch that itch through magic, but I occasionally get into swings of other games too. I was into Star Wars X-Wing. I played Imperial Assault. I even would paint some of the pieces for Imperial Assault. And it was the same with Warhammer 40k and Blood Bowl that I would love to get to, but every time Magic comes back up and every time D&D or Pathfinder comes back up, I buy a new book for Pathfinder or I buy a new book for D&D and keep going. So collecting is one of the lizard brain aspects in the back of my head that I have to always satisfy. What else, guys? What else do you think I should add? I don't know. All right. Derek. That's a good intro. Take it away. Okay, so I'm Derek. I'm married <laughs> to the other Kristen, but it's with an I. Derek copied um, me. Mine is Kristen Prime. Yeah, I got her saved as Prime in my phone, so that way I don't actually <laughs> Accidentally text testing my stuff. wife. <laughs> it, almost, it almost happened once, and I was like, oh my god, this will never happen again. <laughs> So my job is to crawl under houses and get <laughs> raccoons that have, have gotten under there, put them in sacks, and then take them out to the forest and let them go, catch and release. Sometimes you get a possum. Oh, I, thought, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say beat him with no, a stick. We catch Derek, release, whenever we you talk wildlife. about work, sometimes I feel like in Friends when they talk about Chandler's job, and nobody really understands what he does. Chandler, exactly. He's a professional transponster. <laughs> That's not even a word. I like it. I'm a man of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> With games, let's see. So I didn't play many games as a kid. We lived in the country. There was no internet. There was no TV. We had Fox and we had like WB and UPN. <laughs> yeah. And that was all we had at the time. And so playing outside was like the only way to get entertainment uh, or play chess, which we did once in a while. Every once in a while. As I got higher in school or whatever, I met more people. I met Steven. 
and that got me into like actual video games like uh, Smash Brothers. Like I think that was that was oh, the yeah. big the big one that we got we into spent at many, the time. Many weekends playing Smash Brothers. Yeah, and I was garbage. Everyone else, you know, was was good at the time, and I just I don't know, just keep getting beat until I, I got decent at it. So as I got into, I think I was a teenager or something like that, the Xbox came out. Well, Halo came oh, out. Oh, Halo revolutionized games for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that was the big thing. You know, it, every every weekend, I'd go over to a friend's house, we'd hook up a bunch of Xboxes together, and we'd all play multiplayer against each other. You know, Halo 2 came out. That was the whole thing. My family started to get into Mexican Train, which is like a variant rule set of dominoes. And they still play it to this day. So when I go home to visit or something like that, it's like, ah, oh, you want to play dominoes? I was like, yeah, I guess so. So that's, I don't know, it's a thing we do together now. My family's domino game was Chicken Foot. I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever yep. played it. Yeah, I've played Chicken Foot, I like, Mexican I like Train, dominoes. and then just Classic yeah. Dominoes. I don't even know how to play Mexican. Very different, very fun. I don't fun. even know how to play Classic Dominoes. Yep, multiples of five. It's yeah. All math. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows how? I don't know. I, so I used to play a lot of shooters with Halo, Halo 2, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare came out around the same-ish time frame, uh, Halo 3. And then I guess I got old and now I can't do any shooters anymore. I tried playing Apex with Randy a few times and uh, <laughs> it was garbage. I uh, I was really good at spotting people. It's like, hey, there's a guy halfway across the map. Uh, I can't know <laughs> anything about it. <laughs> Especially when we get close, I'm just firing crazy in the air. So I got into uh, computer games. I couldn't tell you what my first computer game was. Oh, it was World of Warcraft. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. You were a World of Warcrafter. I forgot, yeah. So Randy was like, hey, man, come come play this game with me. Come play this game. They got, like, uh, Minotaur dudes. And, you know, it's really cool. You can turn into a wolf and stuff. So I was like, okay, okay. So I got a computer. We played World of Warcraft for... How many years would you say? Two years? Three years? Solidly, probably like two solid. On and off for, I think, from like Lich King all the way to... I think of the one that has the Aztec Trolls. Uh, is that Cataclysm? No, no, no. It's way after Cataclysm. Oh, oh it's uh, the, pan, the Panda um, one. Pen, Pendar? No, it's after, it's after Pendar. Oh, then I, so I can't help you. I don't know. Was that 2007? No, I didn't have a computer till like 2010, I think. Oh, okay. So that would have been like 2010 to yeah this? yeah I spent my uh, student financial aid on it oh my <laughs> to God. buy a new computer <laughs> and I'm still paying it off. Guess who got the last laugh? Hey, I <laughs> I spent financial aid on things way more wasteful. Yeah, trust me. Um, so we, we did that, and then I finally just like took the dive out of consoles completely into computer gaming. I played Ark, I played Sims, played Ark for like a crazy amount of time. I think it's my most played game. Let me see how many hours I have on it. 1,227 hours. Whoa, holy moly. Uh, yeah. I think I have 400 something hours on The Sims 4. But Yeah, I, I played it a lot during COVID. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that was a blackout year for me. Play The Sims. I, I think what I really just got into was resource efficiency games. I really like to do something efficiently with the least amount of resources spent. So mm -hmm. I like a lot of management games. I played this mobile game for like really hardcore, but as free to play as possible called Marvel Strike Force. And it was very much a, um, a game where every month they have you know, three, four, five characters coming out every month that are, that, you know, they need to be better than 
the previous characters, so that way people will buy them. Right. So it's it was a constant meta change of like, oh, the the key characters I had last month are garbage. I need to get these if I want to stay competitive. And I guess I eventually got burned out or something. Got tired of living on a schedule around a mobile game. Right now, I've been playing Project Zomboid, which is a lot of fun. It's a kind of a sim type thing when you're trying to survive zombies. I play The Sims 4 when I'm in between games and trying to pass the time. And then Baldur's Gate 3 comes out next week, a week from today. Well, really? It's that close? Yeah, a week, a week from today. Oh, so God. you guys aren't going to see me for a while. <laughs> oh, no. I just I love a really good story. I've played the EA which is just like Act 1, and I absolutely loved it, so I can't wait to get in there and make an orc barbarian and just take people to Suplex City. That sounds good. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for Phantom Liberty for Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. I gotta wait till September, though. Another one coming out. It's a lot of good stuff coming out recently. I think Starfield is coming out recently, too. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath for that one. I'm excited. Oh, I loved Skyrim. I dumped a ton of hours into Skyrim. I played a lot of Fallout, but so as, Space Skyrim, yes, yeah. Know. Hopefully, it's it's pretty good, but I I don't like the engine that Bethesda uses. It feels clunky and old now that mm-hmm. I've played bigger and better games since right. I guess 2011. Right. So other than that, that's video games. My wife and I do escape rooms. We like to travel around. We've done some pretty cool ones. We've done ones in London, San Antonio, Los Angeles. Had some great ones in Los Angeles. Travis mentioned it, these uh, murder mysteries in a box. It's like you need to solve this cold case. Or one of the things, like cold cases unsolved or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's one brand. uh, And then another one that we play is Hunter Hunter Killer. And so we really enjoy doing that. It's kind of like a date night type thing. And then when we have the whole group together, we'll do bigger escape rooms and have a lot of fun with that that's probably like my single favorite thing to do if i got one last life to one less day to live i think i want to do an escape room with friends and then i mean you're definitely a puzzle solver like like i remember for christmas you put on your list like it's a book of logic puzzles yeah (laughs) i i like i don't don't know what it is i guess i just i see i wish i had this kind of brain when i was in high school with like math because math is just puzzles it's just not fun and i could have been an engineer if i if i cared about math at the time benjamin didn't you say law school was like that sometimes or practicing for the yeah the the lsat is full of logic puzzles oh yeah and so (laughs) derek said come on i might be a lawyer slash baseball player Baseball what? owner, Derek. Baseball or base, owner. Ba- fantasy yeah, yeah, baseball yeah. owner. Not a player. You're the owner. Yeah, okay. I'm about to get big yeah. money. There you go. You worked in a law office or yeah, something Yeah, you still like work that. for a law firm. Yeah, why don't you just skip all that? Go take the bar exam. Or not the bar exam. You're not ready. Go take the LSATs and get yourself into law school. Oh, that costs money, though. The only thing I care about in this life More is money. I just want to... Yeah. Student loans. I just want as many as much money as possible. Well, then get out of magic. Well, right. now hold on. I gotta have my vices. <laughs> I gotta have, I gotta scratch the itch somehow. And I, I don't know what it is. I guess with magic, the reason I like it so much is that I can build a deck that's completely on me. And when it wins, it feels really good. So I like to keep that yeah. feeling. Because I don't like to play competitively against real people online anymore. Right. Like, especially with like things like League of Legends and stuff. Like, the communities are so toxic. And if you mess up one time, you're screamed at, and I, I just don't have the patience for it. Yeah, just playing against strangers just does not have the same fun that playing with an actual friend. Like, I can lose against a friend, no problem. 
but when it's against a stranger, it just feels completely different. I went through a phase where I was, I really was having a lot of fun playing Teamfight Tactics in League of Legends, but even that, just the Reddits and the forums that I would try to get in there, it, just nobody's nobody's nice to each other. It was just it yeah. Was weird. To just in cap my thing. My favorite TV shows right now are The Boys, Righteous Gemstones. I liked House of the Dragon. Travis and our wives, uh, we all texted. Live texted. Yeah, yeah, live texted and joke about it and stuff. And that was a lot of fun. I guess that's all I got. When, when it comes to like gaming and stuff like that, um, I did get started back with a Sega Genesis way back in the early 90s. And I, I guess a lot of my taste initially kind of followed games that my mm-hmm. brother liked. Just because, you know, he was he was older, so he was usually the one picking out the games. I had the opposite system where my brother was younger and he would always get to play and I had to be the bigger person and I couldn't hog it or I'm the bully. <laughs> uh, whatever. It's the things you have the hangups about 20 years later. I, I mean, you know, but me and my brother's relationship, I think it's pretty different than your, you know, you and your brothers. But it's like, like I guess I, I looked up to my brother, you know, since I was younger. And I think you and your brother despise each other. Yeah, we were too similar in age, I think. From the sound of it. No sisters. Yeah. Wow. I never yeah. realized that before. Yeah. I've got a sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's completely different. Currently, um, I'm kind of on, on a on a dry spell, I feel like, right now when it comes to, like, video games. I did a little bit of, like, Hogwarts Legacy recently, and said I was playing Apex, and I would kind of have, like, highs and lows on that one. But I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, in, like, a dry spell. I'm, I, mean, I am excited, like y'all said, for upcoming Baldur's Gate 3. I played... Bowler's Gate 2 back in like the early 2000s on one of those juicy fruit colored <laughs> Macintoshes. Awesome. I always think of you my know, middle school computer I lab with those. didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, dad was the principal and I think like we bought it from the school when they were upgrading or something. Yeah, I remember playing those games and it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I could never get into Bowler's Gate. Apparently you had to like bring a book of knowledge and I didn't know where to find that as a kid. And so I can never even get into the city after I left. Like the first one? Candlekeep. Can't remember if it was one or two, but I remember you start in Candlekeep, you kill some rats in the city, you have to leave for some reason, some Dark Lord crud, and then it's like you're out in the wild and you go up north and there's Boulder's Gate, but they never let me in and I could never figure out how to get in as a kid. So now I'm like, this is my time. <laughs> 25 years later now. Don't call it a comeback. Baldur's Gate shall be my rule. On our Super NES, we had a Jurassic Park game that I could that I could never beat the yeah. first level of. I feel like I, I kind of went a similar direction Derek did, you know, Halo and all that kind of stuff, Call of Duty. But then those kind of started getting really repetitive for me personally, and I've definitely moved on to more of like the RPGs. Favorite favorite game of all time is uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. That's your favorite game of all time, probably. Oh, buddy, fair I don't, dude. I'm telling you, like that that game got me to like Star Wars more than any. Oh, movie oh, 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 oh! You're talking about Kotor. I was thinking about that. Um, the MMO, not just the MMO. The oh, no, not, I thought it was not, the MMO. The I was public. like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I, I I had such high hopes for that game, and I was like, this is gonna be it. Um, I bought the hundred and fifty dollar collector Ooh, edition. Yeah, I hate to hear it. I was like, this is it, this is it. And it was like, it's it's like when you're bum, bum, the theme of, of, of the, the sad Jurassic Park 
on like a like a little accordion the melodica yeah kotor was the game that got me into star wars the game that got me i didn't really know it at the time but technically turn-based role-play games mm-hmm. you know like D where you know i don't see it as oh like behind the scenes it's basically a dice roll and chances of hitting and missing right. i didn't get that at the time looking back at it i'm like oh my god i could go back and play this game and probably dominate so hard now that i know how this stuff actually works <laughs> better now that i would understand the meta Ooh. of how to play the game you said the name of the episode in the episode. I, oh I did it. God. I did the thing. <laughs> Other than that, I do, you know, magic. I'm kind of hit, hit or miss like Travis is on, less than Travis is when it comes to like painting. I have a ton of minis and eventually I'll get around to painting them. And I have like 200 something like that coming in from a yeah, from like, that GoFundMe or whatever. It's like GoFundMe. Someday Kickstarter. they'll come 10,000 years eventually, later. Eventually, eventually... You know, I keep getting updates. Yeah, that's kind of my uh, thing is when I go to our game store, I'm like, what, what minis do they have? Yeah, Randy's getting his collectible itch um, from all the little toys he's buying. They're not toys. Yeah, minis. And then they're miniatures. They're miniatures. Good, Mom. Yeah, that's what I collect. And then because I'm my girlfriend, I've gotten really into like the horror genre. I did cosplay for the first time as Jason Voorhees at a couple of conventions. That, that was, was a awesome. Lot of fun. That Jason outfit was incredible. Yeah, it was good the first time I did it, but I just hated that I, you know, you could see like my hair. So it was like, yes, it was four hundred dollars for a silicone hood mask, but man, was it worth it because it looked. It was incredible. how much? Huh? That silicone hood? Yeah, it four hundred dollars. Randy's got oh too much money. Lord. No, no. Need to, <laughs> to donate to my fantasy baseball fund. <laughs> Get me started. Yeah, you don't want to know how much I spent on that Commander Master. He told us. Bought, oh, yeah. It was over $700. On huh? that. I thought it was like 300 No, that was just for the. No, no, no. Or that I'm going to be sick. The decks. the decks were 320 for all four. and I couldn't share a bank account with you. Those kind of. Crazy expenditures. It was, was two ninety. <laughs> I can imagine Derek getting a little notification three, three on his something. phone. <laughs> what? He spent double digits. <laughs> he spent over twenty dollars. Kristen, I'm seeing yeah. a charge here of thirty three dollars at Torrid. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> oh my gosh! If 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 his wife would let him, Derek would only shop at like the Dollar General, five and below. Yeah, the Dollar. I wouldn't. Store. I wouldn't even shop. I'd just go forage. <laughs> it's cheaper that way. <laughs> He's like, he's like, yeah, one dollar steak. This is a deal. We can do sticks and leaves, Kristen. We are wasting too much money on clothes. <laughs> oh, I thought you were say toilet paper. <laughs> Derek oh going to be the guy that has a pine cone. Just the, the poop spoon. <laughs> well, I mean, you did buy the bidet, so you don't really need TP anymore. Well, I still use it. You don't want to get a wet, a wet I butt. I know. I know. Oh, this is unrelated, but since we're talking about games, get butt rot. Uh, I am going to play pickleball this Sunday. Oh. That, so that's oh. like tennis. It's yeah, like it's like ping pong. Yeah, ping pong and tennis. Huh, okay. It's played on a court like tennis is, but it's got like a paddle and it's a little less running around. Sounds geeky. interesting. Okay. I wish you so the best. So it's this Sunday. My sister in law and I are gonna play it. So I'll let you know if it's awesome or terrible. Y'all want to place your bets now? I'm gonna say it's terrible. I'm gonna say it's fun. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's fun, and you're gonna look silly doing it. Oh god, that's gonna keep me from doing it. <laughs> People are watching. <laughs> 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 Suspenders. 
<laughs> on the okay. Do not let your butt crack show on this thought. pickleball court. I'm gonna pull him up to my belly button. You're you're on a podcast now. Can't bend you over. Have a responsibility. You're a public figure now. Do not embarrass us by showing you your, your by crack. showing your butt crack. The paparazzi trying to get little That's clicks. That's right. The, butt the crack. paparazzi is going to be chasing you down. <laughs> you know what, what you need to do is get that that reflective paint and just paint your entire back five. Yeah, paint it the same color as my shorts, so no one knows. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. It's reflective, so whenever they take a picture, the flash blinds the actual photo, and so none of the photos. Oh, then they'll do little articles. Is Derek's butt so awful it can't even be captured on film? <laughs> or is Derek's more a butt a vampire? <laughs> oh, only his butt though. They call it a man eater. I don't want to know where the, where oh the, I, I know where the wings sprout out of. <laughs> All right, Benjamin, move us to the next topic. To the Batcave. Get us okay. out of here. So, we all have, have different ways we got here, but how did we get together? How did our group start? Right? What What is this mythical meta, and where did it come from? It came from? from me. Okay, tell I us about it. I am Travis, just in case you haven't been able to separate our voices yet, and I am truly the linchpin of our gaming group. It would fall apart without me. And I started saying that as a joke, but it might be true. It's true. I don't know. Well, as I say, like, like you're definitely the one that started yeah. it. I don't know if it would fall apart. <laughs> you know, I mean, at the very uh, least, Randy, you, Randy and I'll still be friends. <laughs> that's true. You, no, you just were the catalyst. Hang out with Benjamin. It's like, ah, uh, you know, we want to hang out, but you know, Travis doesn't want to see us. All the other side of town. <laughs> so Benjamin is my brother. Derek and Randy are my high school friends, and so I started playing Magic. You, you with... say sweethearts. <laughs> yes, Derek and Randy are. They are high school sweethearts, and I was their uh, <laughs> throuple. I was I was their third. There we go. Um, I started playing Magic in order to reconnect with my brother after we had both graduated from college. You know, like a lot of brothers, we fell apart as friends when we got into high school and he graduated, and we kind of th- fell apart for several years. But once we both had graduated, I wanted to reconnect. And I think he wanted to reconnect. Benjamin, what, what do you... I just wanted to play a game. <laughs> Benjamin, yeah. just, needed, Benjamin just needed a captive to play his game with. Well, he got me. Right. You're just a means to an end. Hey, but then... No, no. I, I appreciated that he wanted to hang out with me. I was playing Magic. If I'm going to introduce him to a game that I'm playing, that was it at the yeah. time. And, and he took off with it. I think... If I remember right, the way this really started, so you came to San Angelo from Alpine. What Alpine, where you were, where you were very very lonely. Yes, I was very lonely. And you you you, you decided you wanted to spend the weekend with me, and I, that was awesome. And I I was pretty consistently at the time going to an LGS to to play Magic on Friday night. So so I made a second deck for you so that you could come play mm-hmm. with. And, I think I remember that. And we went. Was that my uh, my white weenie deck? Yeah. yeah. That was fun. I was introduced to White Weenie in Innistrad Block and Magic, which for the uninitiated just means lots of little soldiers. So that's how Benjamin and I reconnected, and I was hooked on Magic from then. I think the Innistrad Block was a lucky block for me to be introduced to Magic with because it was, that was a good block. because it was classic gothic horror. Zombies, werewolves, angels... To me, it evoked a lot of uh, Victorian horror literature, which I had gotten into in college. Things like Bram Stoker's Dracula and several other bits of vampire literature, like Interview with the Vampire. But 
Also, a lot of Magic players will say this, that Innistrad was an incredibly strong block. It was massively successful. The mechanics in it were great. It was a great standard environment also. So the gameplay, the characters, that got me into it, and I was playing with my brother. After I kind of took off having gotten into Magic on my own, I moved back to Houston. I said, Alpine is too lonely a place for me, and I moved back to Houston to be with my friends, to be closer to my family. Our main childhood family is all from the from the Houston area in general, not necessarily Houston proper, but being back in that part of Texas is where I needed to be, to be close to my family, and at the time, my wife's family had just moved from Oklahoma to Texas also. They had moved to the Houston area as well. So knowing that that's where our family would grow once we got married. So I wanted to go ahead and do that. That was also the time that I decided to go back to school. I went to the University of Houston to start work on my master's degree in curriculum and education. And that is also when Derek and I decided to live together. So we lived together and we played lots of Pokemon, but we also started playing Magic at that time. Derek would see me making the making the decks that I wanted to play against Benjamin. And then I just started showing him the cards and the artwork and describing what strategy I was developing. I think once I developed a mono green stompy deck with big beastly creatures, that got Derek's interest. That got Derek. Yeah. I remember the first one was like the Mimeoplasm, which is like all about graveyard stuff and like right. sacrificing your creatures and stuff. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't like this game. Yeah. But I remember Derek was with me when I bought the Mimeoplasm because it was a giant ooze with a T-Rex for a hand. And I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. So that artwork got Derek's attention and mine. But then the strategy wasn't necessarily what Derek was into, but I made Mono Green Stompy. This was during uh, Theros block, so I made Nylia, God of the Hunt, and Greek Mythology plus Giant Monsters, that was right up Derek's alley. That's all I needed. Right, Derek? Yeah. So that got him interested. Randy had kind of started hanging out with us a lot more. Derek and Randy were close friends. And so we had started playing League of Legends and Diablo together, but then the more Randy came over, he would see us playing Magic, and we would try to make decks and strategies that interested him. Randy, what would you say was the, the deck or strategy, or what kind of got you in enough to where you wanted to start buying your own cards? Is it Cranko? Oh, yeah. is that right? Cranko probably. Cranko probably. I, I like just like... Going wide and just smashing. I completely just forgot about my Cranko Mop Boss deck. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I think that was the deck that Randy fell for. I went from that, and then I tried to build a Glitha, which I think at the time was too complicated for me. Yeah, Even today, I, so. I, I still can't figure out. I, I don't know why, but once I got Irrawad. Another god from Theros. Running. Yes, so Irrawad was his red and white Boros, and so it's a very aggressive strong militaristic really aggressive. aggressive strategy and Krenko is also red so i was like okay i like this strategy like i i liked air wasp because it's like i can swing with impunity yeah. like i don't have to do the me- i don't have to worry about my stuff dying when i swung in i just like that i didn't have to worry about 
oh, well, if he blocks this with that, then I'm going to lose this guy. And so I got to do the math on all that stuff. And I just hated that. I was like, I'm going to swing and you're either going to take it or block and die. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Math is for blockers. Exactly. Math is for blockers. I was like, I'm, I'm swinging. I'm pretty sure this stuff's going to get through because you're not going to want to trade. You wouldn't get the trade because my characters were resistant to the damage. So it's like, most likely you're just going to let it hit. Right. So I, I enjoyed that aspect and um, eventually moved on to more complex things. And But I still enjoy the combat phase is, I think, my sweet spot. Right. What do you think your favorite deck is right now? I mean, I think my strongest deck is either Marchesa or... His Marchesa Aaron. deck is really good. Yeah. Yeah. The it is also very resilient. Sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll keep so, talking more about decks later. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, there was a time where it was either me playing with Benjamin when we would do, meet each other for, like, family holidays, or I was playing with Derek and Randy. Still was yeah. not doing a lot of going to the local shop to play. Like, even back then, once I had kind of been poisoned by a bad experience when I was living in Alpine and driving to Midland for a shop, that experience kind of poisoned me into just wanting to play the game only with friends. But once Benjamin finally did move back to Houston, I was like, yay, all the people I play Magic with are now in the same area. And that's when... I kind of forced us all to start playing together. I think the first time we all played together was the Friday or maybe the Monday after the Astros won the World Series and you guys got the day off for being in Houston ISD. Does that sound familiar? That, we, we did all get together to play Magic that day. I don't remember if if that was the first time, but it was one of the earliest times, yeah. I thought the first time might have been at Momo's house. Oh, that's exactly that's right. That's exactly too. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had bought that yeah, Commander that Anthology yeah. thing. We had like a, yeah. like a three-hour game. Yes, that's so right. Yeah, yeah. so it was really cool. Uh, when Benjamin and his family did move to Houston, they lived with my grandmother for a brief time. And she was, of course, a really great host. Snacks, and she was always super friendly. She loves Derek like one of her own children. So one of her own grandchildren. There we go. <laughs> so playing it's a sweeter relationship when it's a grandchild <laughs> yeah exactly so that's kind of how we started is once everybody finally lived in the same area that's when we started playing together yeah man it's been it's been a good experience you know i've, I've probably mentioned several times throughout throughout this series how different playing with this group is than times i've spent in various uh lgs's or playing with other friends like in college or in law school and and this is an extremely healthy meta and it's been really good being part of this group where everyone communicates pretty well and, and is considerate of one another and like we're all trying to cultivate a good experience and not just trying to win game and of course we do want to win and that's something we'll talk about in a future mm -hmm. episode i think but it, the friend group matters right Th this is a, something where we we have tried so hard to to take each other's preferences into account and and figure out what kind of game we want to play and I th I really like being part of this group. I'm glad if for no other reason I'm glad I moved back to Houston for this. Yeah. Yeah, I really like our group too. I'm thinking now, I think that our meta might have had a really good start at the beginning because when me, Derek and Randy were playing, I was the only one making decks. 
uh, and they were just <laughs> yeah. they were just playing with the decks that I had made, and so one they were all pretty evenly powered because they were all limited by my own knowledge and expertise and budget. Yeah, and budget. They were all my own cards. But secondly, as we were playing, I always wanted to... I was happy no matter which deck won. It was never personal or about winning, at least for me. I don't know, Derek and Randy, how you guys felt about that. But I was always really excited to say, Oh, hey, I built that deck, and it worked. It did its thing. I can still remember the time when we were playing at Randy's house. And we had just had a really nail-biting game. I want to say Timet, Vizier of Noctamun was there. Scion of the Ur-Dragon was another one. And I don't remember who the last one was. It might have been Krenko. But it was just such a nail-biter. And I don't remember Derek if... Derek, it sounds more like you and less of Randy. Of like, man, I could build my own deck. <laughs> or, or just... Man, what would it be like if I wanted to? Yeah, build my I, own? I think I remember or this. Something Some, like yeah, that. something along that line. Because then I went out and I bought the Commander Anthology, which came with like four re-release of, of pre-cons or whatever. And then I took that. Mm-hmm. Then we had the game at Momo's, and then I took the Fraley's Green deck and turned it into my first deck, Omnath, Locus of Mana. That's right. Which I played the first time when we when the the Astros won the World Series. Yeah, I remember that. Ah, oh, awesome. We just so piece cool yeah, we just piece back our whole history. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well That's awesome. And and I remember man, I remember that. Did we play did we play Planes Chase that time? I don't think so. I don't or think not, we've not, ever not played Plane Chase. Plane Chase. Uh not Plane Chase. Sorry. Arch Enemy. Oh I do think we played yeah. Arch Enemy because so if Derek Derek and Randy got in at Hour of Devastation, which was Nico Bolas, Amon Ket coming to power. Yeah. And the whole thing of strength. just this giant so, dragon so, destroying this like world. Uh, that was like that oh, was my yeah. thing. All yeah. of that. I was like, oh okay. All of that was, I bought a whole box. Got Derek into creating curating your yeah. own collection also, for sure. But they came out with an arch enemy deck set. Yeah. And I don't know which for, which for one Nicole of you Bulls. bought it or or what, but I remember we. Oh, it was me. Oh, okay, because I remember it was me for sure. The reason I remember playing it is because I I had Skitherix the Blight Dragon, and we played Arch Enemy with you three against me. I remember that. Yeah, I remember oh, that too. Yeah. Boy, I remember when that stuff used to be now a boogeyman. All, now I'm all grumpy again. <laughs> I was having such a good time, and then Benjamin said Skitherix. Hey, I don't even have that deck anymore. Although, <laughs> although I could put it back together. No, no, I don't, you don't think need it's to. scary anymore. I come back with so much stuff now to deal with nonsense like this. <laughs> I can't be heard anymore. Got nothing left to lose. Derek, you are not thrown. <laughs> you can I'm be. I'm getting hurt. my life confused again. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I I really appreciate that insight on how how everything started off with with no one was playing with their own deck and all the power levels were equal and it was similar styles, similar budget. And I'm assuming you made decks with them in mind. Like I want my friends to play this deck. Yeah, I really, really did. And so that, that was a smooth intro for them into the gaming space. And, and I was teaching them how to play. Yeah. So I, at first I was certainly making decks that were just using the most basic game mechanics so mono green stompy is just like here's a big creature and it has trample 
<laughs> that right. keyword means that whatever damage you deal over another creature's toughness, you get to deal it to the player also. So which means it doesn't matter if they block. You still get to hit them if if it, your creature's powerful enough. But, you know, a monocolor deck makes it easy to teach things like mana cost, mana value, playing lands, casting spells. And the same was true for Krenko Mob Boss. It's a different strategy that uses creature tokens. Your goal is to play as many goblin creatures, create as many goblin tokens, and always swing every time. Like, so by teaching the most basic strategies first, I think that got them into it also and i feel like some of that like the spirit of that of you kind of thinking of decks we would like you know once we were able to start buying our own stuff and building our own stuff the spirit of that transferred to the secret santa thing that we do every year where you will randomly get assigned someone in, in our meta and try to build a deck either that's outside of their personal meta but you know still fits with the group's meta you know like their, their, mm-hmm. their budget to $50 or, or around there. And, you know, it, it's a way to keep new things coming in. Well, yeah, it's just a way for us to express that we are thinking about the other people yeah. and what we like about them, how we want them to grow as players. We're thinking about all of those things when each year around Christmas we each build a deck for them. In yeah. some cases, it's I know that this player likes this strategy or likes this character and so i'm going to build a deck for that but i think what's kind of more fun is in more cases we've been saying you know derek doesn't have this color combination or derek doesn't have a deck that does this and so i want to help him grow as a player and expose him to another strategy yeah that Deck building is truly one of my greatest joys in Magic, and our Secret Santa is something that I really, really love. And I think we should do an episode uh, in the future just about our Secret Santa and our deck challenges that we that we yeah, do for each cool. other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the very early ones that, that Benjamin did for me, because I wasn't a very, uh, I guess, interactive player, you would say. A quick magic. player is what it was. No, well, no, no, well, yeah. well, well yeah, quick, that's quick but was. I also, no. I didn't do a lot of, like, I guess, like, just interaction when it comes to, like, instants and stuff like that, you know, like, counters. That's yeah. you played instants on your yeah, own Yeah, I was doing yes. counters and like that. Yeah. So the whole plan was um, you to think about, you could do stuff on our three turns, that way you don't have to do anything on your turn. Yeah, I still, I still <laughs> never really liked that day. I mean, I appreciate the thought of it. <laughs> and, 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 no, no, and and I've used it going forward. I've tried it, but I was like, it that that deck was a hundred percent just like wait and watch. And I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity or like to just like watch what every single person is doing and be like, do I allow it? Do I cancel it? I don't know. I don't know what their full strategy is. I will say that that deck backfired. the 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 goal was supposed to be that you took a quick turn. Because you would draw, you you play your land, you, and, you, and then you say pass, and then you do stuff on our turns. What that ended up doing was meant you, everybody's turn was closed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh it, my it god, hard. that's so funny. And then, and then I really enjoy the one that I built for, for Benjamin a while back. Benjamin, I feel like, is great at so many other like strategical parts of the game, and 
I'm like, oh yeah, the slow value engine, the yeah. careful consideration. And I'm like, man, get a character move. in there, suit them up with as much gear, and just beat someone's face in in one turn, you know. And so I built uh, Arden and uh, Rograk. Arden and Rograk. Yeah, Rograk. And oh boy, I've regretted it. I've regretted sharing that one with it. <laughs> I regret that, that one away. That was truly a deck that embodied Randy's aggressive playstyle that Benjamin really just didn't have before, and Benjamin totally embraced it. Said, "Wow, look how fun, threatening, powerful this strategy can be." He's like, "Look at all these swords of feast and famine that I can attach, yeah. and you know, all, all all these all these dual swords that he had." <laughs> But he's like, well, I don't need those in a spell slinger deck. I'm not doing anything. Like, oh, but now I had them all for this new deck. And it was like, oh, no. I gave someone that has a real budget, <laughs> yeah. a, you know, a deck like this. And he could buy the expensive equipments. Yeah. Yeah. Most <laughs> of the time, once we've distributed our secret Santas, they're free to upgrade or, or modify the deck if they want. Yeah. That is so a, Benjamin uh, was able to take a $50 budget. Voltron deck and just totally amp it up. I mean, because I mean, it's like turn two and he's over here swinging for nine commander damage, and it's like, uh, okay, I guess I'll I'll <laughs> put my one one in front of it, but you're gonna trample over nine points and. <laughs> yeah. Hey y'all, hold on. I think I smell burning. Ooh, so you might have to cut this stuff out, but I need to go check. Well, now that he's gone, let's get to the real podcast after <laughs> hours, where we could swear. <laughs> So back to the the thruple thing. All right, let's explore the thruple thing. Derek, Derek was, was was the the intermediary. It was like I was Derek's friend. Derek was my friend, but Derek was also your yeah, friend. Yeah, it was very much like we were in two different. I had y'all in two different groups of friends. For a little bit. Yeah, I hung out with Travis and like the band people and Steven and all that stuff. That was like one group, and then I come over and be a different person with Randy. Who else was in that group? I don't. I don't remember. I don't really remember. I guess they weren't important. Wasn't there someone else named Benjamin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a brother, too. A different Benjamin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that group fell apart after high school. So Randy and I would just hang out or whatever while Travis was in college. Yeah. Well, well, mm-hmm. well, and then d- during high school is when I met... I, I You talked about being in D&D, and I was like, I wanted to play D&D. And then you got me invited to your session. And that's where I really oh, met Travis. Yeah. Then it was me, you, Travis, and um, Michael. God, I miss that guy. Is he unreachable? No, he's just off doing his thing. He's too busy. He's, he's just too somebody busy just from. crushing brick walls with his bare <laughs> hands. Derek. Crushing brick walls and shoveling horse manure, man. That life. And and, and just doing those those little sidekicks. <laughs> Randy, how did we become friends? I don't remember. I can remember how I met. Ban, I mean, band. I was in band for uh, half a year. I know. I don't. I don't for... super remember us hanging out all the time in band. Did you just kind of like glom onto us? <laughs> no, I had other people in band that I was that I, like I guess kind of hung out with. Well, we were like the bad boys of band. So you're like, I wanna... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bad boys yeah, of band. As bad as boys you can get in band. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was I was with a different part of the band group, and I guess 
I know during marching practice, you were one row over and one row, like thing back from Yeah. Me. So we were very close to each other physically on the field for most of the march, especially in the early parts of it. So we would... That's it. That was my first uh, exposure to you. Yeah. I'm trying to remember really what... I, I think it was as much as I don't care for him now. Yeah. It was coming to live at my family's house for... Uh, oh, yeah. Day. I guess I... I... Hung out more yeah, with you through, through him. him, yeah. And then, and then I realized I had, kicked him yeah, out. I had more fun hanging out with you. I think we were already friends at that time. But yeah, we, like we, we we spent a lot of yeah, we spent a lot of time then. I guess the same how you, you met Travis. Yeah, and then we we, we were doing those those baseball game. Uh, oh God, yes. Uh, the, the concession stand. Yeah. I still to this day can't get over that kid. Can I get a can I get a gatorade? What? I'm sorry. What? Oh Come on, a gatorade. I'm like, point on this menu where you see Gatorade. <laughs> you mean Gatorade? Point on this menu. <laughs> I, could, I, I could point at this menu where you see Gatorade. I was like, you mean Gardettos? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I couldn't figure oh out. God. Dude, I was... I, I had never wanted to reach across a counter and slap a child so bad. Oh my god. That is the funniest. <laughs> that was the time to do it, too. Now it's a crime. Yeah, yeah. We missed our shot. Anymore. Derek, did you say you would do these concessions? Yeah, we did it together. First of scratch. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we got paid, That's I think, so 20 bucks. Yeah, I think it was like uh, 20 bucks, time. yeah. <laughs> it was like four or five hours of being there for 20 now, bucks. Now, this is before uh, <laughs> inflation ravaged our country. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes. This is what $20 <laughs> would have bought. Man, um, in the early Almost the commander deck. Holy moly. <laughs> You you could you could drive to the movies, get a movie ticket and food. Yeah, for $20. yeah. I should have been buying property. I just didn't know at the time. Ah, wasted our childhood on school. <laughs> Good lord. We talked about D and D at the, the baseball concession stand, and then I was like, I've always wanted to play D and D. Yeah. All right, Benjamin. Is your house on fire or no? No, my dog got sprayed by a skunk. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yeah. Hate to hear it. No. So they burnt the dog? What? No. Yeah, so I guess you're just going to burn your dog, huh? Well, they, you said you smelled burning, and I was, I was like, dang, it's right with a skunk, and then they just... Well, well it's <laughs> it's weird. It doesn't smell quite like a skunk. It smells kind of like burnt garlic. It's it's a weird yeah, smell. Yeah, that kind of acrid, acidic... Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Well, are you able to keep recording, or yeah. do you need to handle that? No, uh... We kind of w- rubbed him down. I don't know. I don't know that we have any tomatoes. I don't know what to do. Walgreens and buy all I mean, the tomatoes you can just, find. I guess just throw him into the river behind your house. Right. And say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I think a skunk came in to drink some of his water off the porch, and and oh, we let no. him we let him out to go outside, and I think he just immediately scared the skunk. It was it was so fast. So. Ugh. It's yeah, and so he was running around the house, and that's what I was smelling. So, <laughs> so does your whole house smell like that? Kinda, yeah. Ooh, that's awful. So no games that's... at Benjamin's for a while. Yeah. yeah, I still had my headphones in while I was going around dealing with that. I was hearing all the stuff y'all were talking about. A lot of it's really good. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep some of it. Good I'm gonna it. keep the Gatorade part. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't want to slap that kid. <laughs> So, let's talk about some of the 
the actual relevant expertise and experience that we have. Yeah. We are we are more than just good friends hanging out sharing what we think makes good friends. Some of us actually have studied or have qualifications that can support some of the ideas that we're saying. So, I'm going to I'm just going to start with mine because I think it's the most obvious. I went to the University of St. Thomas here in Houston. And I have a communication degree. I took classes about interpersonal communication. So not only persuasion and argumentation, which is the basis for most of the communication focuses at the University of St. Thomas, but I also took interpersonal communication, group communication, leadership, and that was my focus. So like Randy mentioned earlier that he had a degree in broadcast journalism, mine is really in just interpersonal communication studies. So a lot of what I'll be sharing throughout this podcast are communication theories and actual moves that have been shown clinically to improve relationships. In my classes, we would look at case studies of marriages or of friends and see how they developed over time when people would make certain moves. So I do have a communication degree. I also have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction. I was an English teacher for nine years. I just recently decided to leave that profession because of some uh, personal stresses and political stresses that come from that position. But that doesn't make any of the expertise any less valuable or less relevant. Everything that I used to teach, I'm still using as as a podcaster when I share what I hope is helpful information to others. Uh, uh, Benjamin, how about you go next? Yeah, sure. Okay, so my undergraduate degree is in government and linguistics. And not a lot of the, the direct interpersonal communication things that Travis has, but, but in linguistics, we often talk about, about meaning and connotation and how language can affect, can affect your brain and how language can affect things. And so, so the, the meaning of words and how they're used and all of that is, is very important to me. And then, then I went to law school. And this is kind of a chicken and egg thing, whether or not I'm good at rules interaction because I'm a lawyer or if I became a lawyer because I'm good at rules interactions. But there's definitely a, a ton of interpersonal communication that goes on with maintaining a law practice and with getting clients, talking to clients, talking to judges, talking to opposing counsel, negotiating. Most of my experience in law has focused on estate planning and, and transactional work, business law. And I spent a lot of time negotiating oil and gas leases out in West Texas. I represented landowners when, when oil companies wanted to lease their land so they could drill for oil. And we would help those landowners get their the best deal for them. And even now, even though lawyering is not my, my full-time profession at the, at the moment, I still take on clients where I, I have to do negotiation. I'm involved in, in some litigation right now. And we negotiate settlements. Negotiation, interpersonal communication, networking... All of that is, is a part of my day-to-day -day life. And then my, my day job, as I mentioned earlier, is as a teacher. And for the first four or f I guess for the first five years of my 
teaching career, I actually taught communication classes, communication application and speech and professional communications. And part of teaching that involved teaching conflict resolution, teaching about group dynamics, basically all the stuff that, that Travis talked about. And interestingly, when they decided to, to change up what I was teaching to focus more on business classes, Travis was the one who took over my professional communications class. So, so he taught that also. Mm -hmm. And so that involved a lot of what we're talking about now, group formation and conflict resolution and teamwork. And then the rest of what I teach, I teach political science, I teach debate. Debate also involves communication in a different kind of way, but I'm, I'm a debate coach. Um, I was actually the Houston Urban Debate League Coach of the Year uh, for the COVID season. Ooh, go Benjamin. Ooh, right. And so part Ooh. of, thank you all. So part of being a debate coach is, of course, managing a team, assigning roles. You know, it, it's all of the, the teamwork. Establishing norms. Exactly. Oh, yes. We do a lot of establishing norms. We had we had some, some people who were toxic, and we had a team meeting who, uh, you know, to go through what, what, what do we expect. We wrote out our norms. We wrote out... When were we allowed to call people out? How would we call people out? All of that stuff was part of, it is part of being a debate coach. So that makes me so happy to hear. Listeners, that's a sneak peek into next week. <laughs> Wait, it makes you happy to hear that we, that we, that you talked about establishing Oh, norms. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got our, our norm document. We, we, we wrote it all down. We assigned somebody to write it all down. And, and then it came in very handy throughout the, the rest of the school year. So I continue. And of course, the biggest one, the biggest qualification is a father of three, meaning, you know, your kids are constantly both trying to play games with each other and fighting with each other constantly, simultaneously, simultaneously right. And so managing that conflict, trying to, to be involved in their life and also trying to help them grow as, as individuals that I think has, has helped a lot with helping me learn interpersonal communication and managing emotions and all of that right with people who struggle with emotion regulating yeah and i think a, another big part of this is having been part of both healthy and non-healthy metas and playing with both friends and strangers and i think that's something I'll, I'll bring that's that's maybe unique to this podcast i know that every once in a while we go to an lgs and play with strangers but my main competition until i joined this group was with strangers. Yeah, you have a lot more experience with stranger playing than we do with all the tournaments and the stuff that you've that you've done. Yeah, being being both part of a of a competitive magic scene for many years and then also playing in a more casual group like this and seeing how different people treat each other and seeing how friend groups form and then a lot of my professional experience, I think. And just the fact, you know, and I think all of us could say this, the fact that we get to be part of a group and we see what works and then we we are also part of the larger ma uh, magic group that where we see a lot of what doesn't and we're all well-adjusted individuals uh, i don't know about randy, <laughs> uh, randy. hey what's up <laughs> randy just woke up from his nap like oh what <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i mean randy's probably well we're all well-adjusted individuals and <laughs> And uh, the shade, the lack of shade. We're all well-adjusted individuals, and we all play this game as friends that are both trying to win and trying to be nice to each other. And I think that 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 provides all of us with a bit of insight that a lot of people could benefit from. Derek and Randy, any experiences that you guys want to add? Uh, my main qualification is that I have a microphone and a place to use it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
a desk yeah. where it can sit and it's not It's plugged get in and it will be recorded and then posted to social media for people to listen to. Um, <laughs> I, I did mass communications in college. My minor was Spanish. Really? Really? Yeah. I took Spanish? so many... I've never... I've never heard you speak a word of Spanish in my entire life. I took so many classes in Spanish that they were like, hey, you know, take one more and you can minor in Spanish. I was like, okay. Derek, that is so funny. I think you're stealing a a Burt Kreischer skit. A what? You're stealing a Burt Kreischer skit about, they're like, he had like a bunch of Russian, and they're like, if you take two more classes, or like if you go on on this trip to Russia, you can get a minor. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right. And then he gets involved with the Russian mob. Derek, do you have some cartel <laughs> yeah. involvement Listen, that we don't know yeah, about? If I did, I'd get y'all in on it. Some money. <laughs> my my biggest philosophy hey, is I yeah. would do whatever it takes to make money. This world is hard <laughs> enough where I don't have to work at stupid capitalism job. Disclaimer, or all, all of Eldorado Games product has been legally purchased and has not bought <laughs> off the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have any, like, school teaching. It's mostly just uh, learn by doing and learn by emulating. I see people who are doing something that I want to do, and, you know, they're doing it better than me. So I'll learn what they're doing, you know, copy them, take a bunch of different sources. And this is how I do anything. Everything is just a struggle. <laughs> so I have to fight to get whatever I want every single time I want something. Hey, you got street smart. Yeah, it's That's street smart. That's how we sell it. Um, That's how we're going to so market I, this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the bad boy podcasting. Puts on sunglasses. That is right. Puffs up jacket. Gets on motorcycle. So, yeah, I just, uh, I have this, I don't know, I guess it's not really an ability, but, like, I just learn really fast. Oh, yeah. You you have, like, an addictive part of your lizard brain where once it gets interested in something, it just delves. It just digs more and more and more. And now I know everything. As a kid, I would watch all the Animal Planet stuff, so now I know just tons and tons of facts that I can never use about animals. But yeah, so I mean, you know, if there's something to learn or something to do, I could learn it and learn how to be proficient with it. So, like the fantasy baseball thing. I'm going to learn how to do that. I'm going to make money. (laughs) I'm going to retire. Sir, sir, how did you make your millions? Baseball. Fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball. (laughs) Car- cartel. <laughs> the cartel funded my fantasy cartel. Uh, my initial investment into fantasy baseball. And now I'm still paying them back. My family and I oh had to keep God. moving. Randy, is there anything you want to add here? I think I got a few things. Uh, just one correction I want to make is it was broadcast production, not journalism. I am not a journalist in any oh, way, shape, okay. or form. Uh, journalism was the stuff I hated most in those classes. Yeah, I guess and I did it, broadcast, broadcast production. Broadcast production too. with, yeah. Talk about ma- your wasted ma- degrees. Math communication. I could have been an right. engineer. You know, Derek, there is a musical called Working, and there's a song called If I Could Have Been, hmm. and they all sing about the jobs that they wish they had rather than the jobs they're stuck with. I'm just the voice of the plebeians. When we did that musical in school, Kristen came to see it nine times. <laughs> But she is an engineer. I can't stop crying. (laughs) She she did the whole, I am an engineer, and I wish I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, As someone who, on average, growing up, moved every three years. Oh, that's so true. I feel like a lot of my, you know, friendship forming is, or was over, you know, games or anime water cooler talk, you know, and fifth grade after watching dbz you know or yeah you know it's like oh halo is this new thing like what derek was talking about earlier uh i mean i specifically bought an xbox so that i could get halo 2 when it came out 
because I had like a couple months before I had gone over to some friends and they had the original Halo and they were talking about oh yeah Halo Two Halo Two and I'm like I was like I gotta get in on this this you know this is the new hotness if I got you know if I'm gonna yeah. be anyone I got I gotta I gotta get in so you know I pretty much you know every three years had to all right new friendship gotta start finding games like that or you know and so i guess that's my qualification is being forced to continually make friends every three years growing up and then after i got Derek and travis and then and now benjamin i was i just like i'm like i'm retired i've done my i've done my retired due diligence friend making <laughs> i don't want any more friends i i, I would say all the humans i need to say i've met one more a work friend of mine my current job i have some people that i like but at my last job I still talk to one of my coworkers there named Mario. He's also a very big gamer, and especially on mobile games, he's sometimes like the number one player versus was po- it player. Yu-Gi-Oh or Dragon Ball Legends? Well, Dragon Ball Legends is what he's been doing a lot lately. He had a, a Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links thing, but right now Insane. Dragon Ball Legends uh, or whatever the mobile game is called, not yeah. in, not Dokken Battle, but the other one. Anyway, in PvP, he's like number one sometimes. Like like he'll send me screenshots, and I'm like, wow, that's that's nuts. Yeah, that's uh, what Benjamin would do in Gundam Breaker. Yeah. Um, so insane. I, he's probably a lot like the first friend I made after <laughs> uh, since high school. That was like like ten years. And then there's a couple. Like I said, I have a, a group of people I play D D with at work. So I would call. You know, we're we're friendly. We're growing more friendly and stuff like that. Yeah, you're growing but, closer. Yeah, but this group is by far the best friends. We are the best of friends, ladies and gentlemen. That's us. That is just a picture of what we all bring to the table, the things that we're interested in. And again, we hope that our experiences and in some cases our studies and our practices, our techniques, our hope is that we can share our great gameplay experiences to make that the more prevalent conversation online, to make that the more common conversation that shows up in a Facebook group or on Reddit. Rather than seeing constant complaining about strangers, we want hopefully to make the world a better place. Boo. <laughs> tomato, tomato, no, tomato. No. <laughs> Does anybody have anything they want to add before we get to Benjamin's nugget of wisdom? Oh boy, I hope he figured it out. He said at the beginning that he had a whole episode to think of one. Uh, stall, uh, guys, stall. I, I started watching uh, Naruto and, and Power Friendship. You started watching Naruto? Oh, yeah, no. I started watching it with Nikki, and as much as a person, I was okay. like, I don't know. If it's know with this. your girlfriend, that's okay. I know. I, I was oh, always growing up, no. I was like, oh, God, I do not want to watch this show. But watching it, it is a little bit slow right now because it is like, you know, it's anime. They got to think through every moment of their life in a whole, like, monologue. I wish I could see the panic that's going on <laughs> on Benjamin's side as we're talking and about And here Naruto. we go. It is time for Benjamin's end of episode <laughs> nugget of wisdom. Yes, each person, both in this group and in your groups and everyone you meet, has a unique set of experiences that they can bring to the table. Some people have trouble expressing themselves. Some people have trouble adjusting to the people around them. You have found a podcast of people who are friends, they have a good meta, they appreciate each other, and they work together to build a better gaming environment. And 
that is a rare opportunity in this world. When you go online and you see people complaining about their friends, about their strangers, about their family, and it makes the whole gaming world seem toxic, and it doesn't have to be that way. And honestly, for, for us and for many other people like us, it's not. So I think that this is a unique opportunity for you to hear from people who are qualified to, to speak on how to find friends, make friends, keep friends, and enjoy gaming in that context. And I really hope that you take advantage of this to make your play group and your friendships better. I don't know how he does it. It's the debate experience. Oh, Gotta that, come up with a rebuttal in totally 30 seconds. That's totally true, that's right. As you frantically see the time card flipping. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Time's running out, gotta hurry. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Benjamin, Derek, and Randy for being my great friends. Don't forget that you can see more of us, not only on our YouTube channel and our on all of our social media, but you can see the products that we use and you can find your own talking points for strangers at our home website, eldoradogaming.com. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful evening. Bye. Bye. Later. This podcast was edited by me, Travis Konashek, and our intro and outro music is by Tyler Heath of The Oh Hellos. Check them out.